Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Journey of the Roadrunner. Paul here. And Adriana. It's been a minute. <laughs> it has. I had a, a back surgery and I'm actually in recovery and I'm back to work part-time doing well. Um, so that's been that's been definitely... And honestly, I, I probably could have should have been podcasting, but they got me on so many meds. I'd rather be clear-headed <laughs> when I talk to people about fitness <laughs> and things like yeah. that. And God knows we already know I rant enough. You don't need me on pain meds on another kind of rant. <laughs> yeah, you recovered pretty fast considering it's back surgery. Do uh, you want to say what, what was done? Yeah, so it was um, microdisectomy of L5-S1. So basically what they do is they go in – um, he, it's Dr. Alan Daniels. If anyone needs a back surgeon, the guy's amazing. Great bedside. One of the best, um, doctors as far as bedside manner goes. And just, I mean, this surgery, you, you've seen the, the incision. It's like virtually gone. I have a tattoo, uh, at the famously called tramp stamp. <laughs> and he looks like he tried to piece it right back together. It was, it was really well done. And, you know, he communicated with me. So what happens is the MRI showed the left, I had a bulge in the left side, which in 2014, Paul, as you know, I had a MRI done in my back because the right side was ruptured. So stuff leaked out. Yeah. So when he went in, in the MRI, he just kind of saw the bulge in the left. But when he was in, he, I guess he got to see all the crap that leaked out on the right. So he cleaned that up. Um, I'm feeling really good. You know, I get, I'm sore. I'm a little sore today. I had PT yesterday and I did some workout today. So I'm yeah. sore. I got to take it easy and rest a little. But all in all, I'm, I mean, honestly, I wake up every morning and I used to wake up every morning with like a little bit of chronic pain. But it was it was something I just felt every day, which it's not fun to live with, but you just get used to it. And now I wake up and I'm like, whoa, what, where's the pain? <laughs> <laughs> so it's still new. I mean, this is tomorrow will be five weeks and mm-hmm. it's still new to me when I wake up with no pain. It still feels new. It's a fantastic feeling. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, and you're actually being careful. <laughs> I am. I, um, the, I, you know, the PA said I, I'm a trainer and I do know how to do core and take care of my back. God knows I've been doing it long enough before the surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, I chose to get PT because I need some parameters and I'm choosing to work with somebody after that just to keep me in line and, you know, just keep like I, for instance, I went to PT yesterday and the first thing I was like, can I paddleboard yet? I knew the answer. <laughs> You know, I knew it probably, knowing, you know, the anatomy of it all and how it works and what I'm going to be doing, I was like, well, it's a slim chance he'll say yes. But then I'm, I would have called the doctor anyway and got a second opinion because I don't want to hurt myself. But there was that little, like, devil on the, the shoulder that was like, <laughs> come on, maybe you can. Let's just see. It might not be. It, maybe you're wrong about this. And, of course, I knew that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. He said no. And, you know, it sucks. But, honestly, if I have to wait even three or four more weeks to paddleboard, it I, I mean, honestly, I, I miss that and surfing a lot this summer, so that's been kind of crappy. But, I, like, you know, I, I really am – I'm feeling a lot better, and I, I'm, I'm a lot more cautious with this. A, I'm 42, and B, it's your spine. So. Yep, exactly, but, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I'm doing good. Now, you, um, you've been running like an animal, so tell <laughs> us about your ankle. Yeah, so far so good. Like, I um, – I, last year I started that um, – that couch to 10k training and i finished you do three runs a week and i got up to um week six week six before uh, my ankle gave out and then i kind of had to shut it down i think i after that happened i just did the 
New York race, the Tunnel to Towers, and then I actually did my first 10K like a week later, and then that was it. I didn't do any running at all after that. And so, yeah, because you were kind of hurt still when you did those two races, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, because if my ankle flared up in August, and I had already signed up for those races, I didn't want to miss them. So I actually, I kind of like had to like take it easy for those. So I didn't run leading up to them. Those are the only two times I ran after August. So um, one, so then my ankle happened to start feeling better when Corona hit in March. So then I um slowly started um started it back up again so then I started doing the I did some runs just to like test it out and then I went back to the app the couch to 10k app so I've been doing that and this morning I started week seven and when I when I finished last time last year I I only got up to week six so this was the next step so I'm I'm past where I was last year. I do, I do remember that and it's um funny cuz I'm you know I'm not always a fan of social media but Instagram's a hell of a lot better than Facebook but yeah. I do um I do I do smile when I see you cuz you post all your runs that you've been running and you mm-hmm. you take really nice pictures by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but it always makes me happy. I'm like that's my Paul. <laughs> it's, it's good to know. I mean and we've spoke about this how you know, when you can't run because of an injury or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and you see other people doing it, and of course, neither of us wish anything bad on anybody, but you're like, <laughs> oh, fuckers, they're running and I can't. Yeah, it sucks. You know, yeah. it's it's hard. It's like you're jealous. I mean, of course you're happy people are getting out there, but there's there's that secret part of you that's like, son of a bitch, why can't that be me? You know? And yep, exactly. It is hard, but it's it's great that you're... Um, you're doing so well with your ankle. And I mean, there was so many positive things. We talked about this a lot in our podcast during COVID. There was a lot of positive things that came out of COVID. I mean, there was also negative, but Mm -hmm. we both lost some people and, you know, there's people lost jobs and businesses and there's, you know, there's just as much negative, but there was a lot of, if you had perspective on it, all positive things. And honestly, my ankles at first, my, the one that has a little arthritis in it was hurting a little during the back thing Mm -hmm. because I wasn't moving enough. But when I was able to start walking again, knock on wood, both my ankles feel great. And I'm like, oh, and the doctor had said I will be able to run again. So, yeah. you know, now when I see people running, I'm, I'm a little happier knowing that I will be I'll there be too. To and I'm not envious and jealous that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So I'm so, really proud of you. You are kicking ass. I, I see you on Instagram and I'm like, yeah. Paul is getting it done. And you lost weight. You lost five pounds. I, I was going to say that, yeah. Well, yeah, I think last week it was four pounds. And then the last time it was three pounds. So I've lost seven pounds since um, COVID started. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, and that's just from, I mean, you always eat pretty healthy anyway. So it's yeah. just the running, I think, is really starting to help with that. Yeah, it's like a combination of the running and the fact that my ankle's better, so I'm actually able to get a better workout out of it. I'm able to, like, run harder and stuff without getting hurt. So, you know, I get more out of it. Yeah, um, you can push faster. Yeah, and this morning I ran for, um, it was a five-minute warm-up, and then it was, like, a 25-minute straight run. Like, with the couch to 10K or couch to 5K, usually, like, do a walk-run type of thing. But now I'm at the point in the training where it's like a straight run the whole time. And I'm not going to lie, but the last five minutes, my legs felt so heavy. I like was so tempted to stop 
But then um, a good song came on, Separate Ways by Journey, and then it made me um, <laughs> speed back up again, and then I finished strong, so I didn't even stop. Was it... <laughs> Paul, you got motivated by an 80s song. I can't believe it. <laughs> Shocking. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and that was, you did this this morning, correct? Yeah, yeah. This, there was a, it's a hot one. I mean, I've been in the gym all morning. When I get up in the morning, it's, it's muggy, it's warm, but it's, ple- I like the heat, so I'm yeah, it's pleasant. I have the windows open for the cat. When I come home, Cindy's blasting the AC. It's cool <laughs> in here. And it's hot as hell out when I get out of work. Like, I got out yeah. and I was like, woof. Well, it was hot know, this morning. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, running can't be easy in this heat. Yeah, that might be another part of why my, uh, I was like so tired. But when I, I left my house like around 6 a.m. and my car said it was 81 degrees already. <laughs> so I can imagine oh, wow. what it's like out now. And, and we're on an island. Well, I'm on an island, so it's probably even worse inland. But uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, us too. I'm right near water, and it's usually a little... It's always a little cooler in the summer and a little warmer in the winter, and mm-hmm. honestly, it's not it's not uh, cool at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, there's no there's no wind or anything today. And I honestly, if you if you said to me you have to be stuck out here or you can be freezing, I'd be stuck out. I'd sweat. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, it's interesting about clothes, and I mean, we can discuss this about fitness too. All the dry weave clothes, you know, they have the dry wick, the dry yep. weave, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a woman, it's I I much rather run in a sports bra and like shorts. Like the more skin exposed, the more comfortable you are in the heat. Even when I go out, I can't wear in the heat. I'm in like minimal clothes. Like t-shirts make me feel agitated and annoyed when it's hot out. Yep. And even with the with the the dry weave, like I've never really liked that. If anything, I used to work out with like a wife beater, and it would just. <laughs> I start with a white wife beater, and it's like got stains, all grass stains. God knows if I laid in somebody boot, bird poop, dog poop, anything in boot camp. <laughs> but I, I prefer to be in those t-shirts. I love. I live. Cindy says that's my uni, my summer uniform: uniform yeah. underwear and a wife beater. <laughs> so it's yeah. just it's funny because that that happens in the summer when you're when you're running in the heat, and I they have those cooling hats. Like I could deal with a hat. Yeah. But the reality of it is, and all runners and you know athletes in the in the summer can feel, I'm sure, feel much different. And we like to hear from people with, about that too, like what you like to run in. And you usually do. Um, I mean, you were doing your hat for a while, right? And now you just kind of keep your mask on if you need it. Yeah, like I carry my mask with me, like um, yeah, you know, just in case something happens, like um, yeah, like earlier this you year, what, yeah, like earlier this year when I was in a car accident, I. Had had my mask, you know, but um, yeah, I'm here. I'm wearing a hat right now. I either wear my navy hat, but the, I got a, a running hat. It says um, running is not canceled 2020 or something like that. But it's like a lighter hat. But I kind of need something because I'm getting um, the sun. Yeah, yeah, because my hair's getting thinner on the top now. The older <laughs> I get, so I gotta like protect my head and stuff. Paul, your brain's just getting bigger. That's what you need to <laughs> yeah. tell people. And, and you're single, right? So you yep. can tell all the ladies, I'm not losing my hair. My brain's getting bigger. <laughs> right? Yeah, bald is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you you know what, though? You are you don't look bad with the balding hair. Like, some people can't pull it off. Like, you look good. You can pull it off well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I guess it's kind of even, so. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a bad. Yeah. So, um, what is it? You know, boot camp was, um, 
Saturday at Independence Park for any yep. any, any local listeners, and Paul was there. Um, what did you feel? You felt pretty safe, right, at the boot camp? Everyone was spread apart. Yeah, everybody spread apart. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and it was good. I mean, it was it was cool enough at 7 a.m. And it, I feel like by 7:30 it started getting hot, but it was manageable, right? Like it was bearable to you. Yeah. Yep. It was bearable. Uh, although it might not have looked like it. Like by the time I was done, my shirt looked like I had just jumped in a pool with it. But <laughs> but you started in the sun, dude. Yeah. Everyone else was yeah. in the shade. Yeah. I was like, Paul is hardcore. But he's starting in the in the sun. Everyone else was in the shade. Well. No, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you liked it. And it's every Saturday. I believe I stuck it on the schedule. You know me. If I don't have anything in front of me, I my, <laughs> don't quote me on this, people. But I believe I stuck it on the schedule till September, maybe 28th. I tried to do it later this year. And I, you know, this was pre-COVID when I set the dates. Yeah. Um. And I'm glad I did it longer because I feel like a lot of people who I saw somebody out at a restaurant and you know outdoor. There's a lot of outdoor seating in Warren and Bristol, which is great, but. And I saw them, and I haven't seen them in the gym. I'm like, you guys know I have the free boot camp. They're like, oh, really? So we're trying to keep people working out, and the community's healthy. And, you know, um, the gym's feeling safe. I feel safe there. I, you know, um, the, luckily we live in Rhode Island, and the governor is doing a freaking awesome job. Mm-hmm. And um, basically you can get a COVID test whenever you want if you work in a gym. So I'm going to get them t- every two to three weeks randomly just to be on top of it, but I feel safe. I mean, yeah. people, you know, you get that average, once in a while we get a douchebag. We just had one the other day, and it's like, they don't want to listen. I don't know what kind of mother issues they had. And, you know, <laughs> not to be sexist, but it's always dudes. It's like, one woman complained, but she had her mask on the whole time, so at least she wasn't spitting in everyone's face like these assholes, you know? And it's like, just wear your mask. Nobody likes it. The reason Rhode Island's doing good is because most people are actually following the medical protocols where... You know, where are these these people getting their information? I'm like, there's doctors and scientists who've been studying infectious disease for longer than we've been alive. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to listen to them over some friggin' snapperhead who has no medical experience <laughs> in their opinion about a mask, you know, and their fucking rights and all the other crap they're whining about. Yeah, We should also point um, out, though, that um, on the um, cardio machines, you don't need to wear your mask. They're all spread out no. far enough. So, yeah, so people don't think that you're going to, like, be you know, running and stuff. No, I'm with glad the mask you said on. that actually, because you honestly, you don't need it to work out in a separate area. Like, so basically, you know, I train you out in the gym. Mm-hmm. I There's spots you can be 14 feet apart and you don't need a mask. So there's plenty of, our gym's big and there's plenty of different like separate areas where you can be working out without a mask your whole workout and no one's going to be near you. You're by yourself. It's not crowded enough and it really hasn't it, our gym's never been really crowded because we have so much space yeah except like 5 five thirty on weeknights and even now even then it wasn't terrible it was like one specific area like there's a lot of room mm-hmm. and you know we have tires outside if you want to go go to the gym flip tires and be outside and we have a sled for the outdoors like yep. there's i mean right now it's hot but there's a lot of space in that gym and there's it's very easy to not wear a mask and to still be safe and not have the staff have to talk to you about it because you're doing the right thing. You know, when we give a tour, you sign a paper saying you're where you have to wear a mask, which I guess these people aren't reading, the ones who want to start shit. (laughs) But we give a tour and we're like, please wear your mask when you travel through the gym, use the bathroom, come to the front desk, or you're near somebody else, right? If you're 14 feet apart, which it's not too hard to measure 14 feet, figure it's three people long, right? If that, at the end of the day, it's obviously I'm just throwing the number out there, but 
it's you know two and a half people long that's that there's plenty of space for that so you're right and the machines are spread out so you don't even have to think about it you get on a you get on a treadmill or cardio equipment and there's two machines in between and you're facing a wall on the first row so you don't yeah. even have to you know so I think it's been easy, don't you? Like, are you feeling comfortable oh, and safe there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, you wipe the machine down before you use it and wipe it down after. It's really safe. Didn't, um, yeah. didn't the gym get inspected and, like, pass with, like, flying colors, too? Yeah. Or, yeah, we did. Yep, yeah, we did in Bristol. And, you know. I'm not sure how all the thing. other gyms are, but they they might, I would think they would be doing the same thing, but I don't know. I can't well, speak Well, you that. hope. Yeah. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, we are trying to do our best to follow the rules. We have um, a, a gentleman who closes now at night. We close at eight instead of 10. So he spends two hours basically sanitizing the whole place, like cleaning up stuff, cleaning, you know, so we're not having settling germs. And they just open the showers back up. They block two oh, off really? in the middle. Oh. So you're, yeah. And the lockers, you know, mm -hmm. again, we're trying to keep it safe. And the governor let us do that. We're, we're doing good as a whole and we're doing good as a state. So, it, 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 we're back to work and that's what I'm thankful mm -hmm. for. And, you know, we're back able to get our workouts in and again, and we have a couple, if someone is interested in looking, um, the boot camp is free for the community at Independence yep. Park in Bristol, but there's some other outdoor classes that are being done at Independence Park, um, that if you're a member, you can go to. So you can go to outside classes even still. And then the, the group X room itself there's only eight people allowed in a class because they don't want to wear masks, and they actually mm -hmm. open spin back up, you know. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that because I saw Peggy mm -hmm. the other day. It's eight, only eight people, and it's so there's a lot. We, I, I physically was one of the people to do it, so I will vouch for it. We went in there with a tape measure and measured boxes that were 14 feet apart, and so it's one instructor and eight people who can be in the room at one time to to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you can't have another class for at least 30 minutes because guess what? We got to do the whole and, and our classes aren't that close together anyway right now because of COVID. So we we're sparing yeah. a lot of time. And my classes, the my in August, I'm doing the boot camp at 6 a.m. I mean, the abs class at 6 a.m. and the um, the kettlebells at 6 a.m. And then on uh, so it's Tuesdays, abs, Thursdays, kettlebells, Thursday night at five instead of 530 now is the. The boot camp, the circuit class, yeah. all of it's going outside. I'm not, not even, not even gonna, you know, especially if more than eight people want to go, it's it's all going outside. And we have an app, but if people go over eight, I can still take them in the, without, you know, indoors you can only do eight, but yeah. outside we can make it. So and people feel safer. When I'm telling people, oh, I'm having classes, they're like, oh, maybe I'll come back. Like, oh, you're doing outside. I'm like, yeah. If you're coming to two or three classes and you're paying twenty nine dollars a month. If you're coming to two or three classes a week, you're definitely getting your money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, and um, yeah, being healthy like this is helps, you know, with the COVID too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've proven there's so much science on exercise and immunity, and you know, there's so much research on it. So, without a doubt, the more exercise you're getting the better off you're going to be immune-wise. And, you know, let's face it, everyone who was stuck home, for, they call it the COVID-19, right? It's like the freshman 15. <laughs> people gained weight. A lot of people didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And now you can get back at it and get yourself better than you were before this. So, and it helps your, let's face it, it really helps your, you know, your happiness to get healthy and to exercise again. Your, your whole attitude's better, you know, and people right now are, 
I gotta say, I'm I'm lucky enough to be around some decent people, but I'm also unlucky enough to be around some assholes <laughs> during this who are just nasty, selfish people. Yeah. So it's like the more people who are, they say people who work out are happier than than the people who don't. So. You know, and it's it's not even a vanity thing or like, oh, I want my ass to look good in my bathing suit or anything like that, you know. It's it's getting your immune system healthy and keeping your, you know, your attitude and your happiness in check. Yep, definitely, yeah. And plus, um, I don't have weights at my house and now I'm actually able to lift weights again. Like, I was able to right. do, like, um, body exercises like you had posted an awesome one on Instagram. So I was like following that and then with the running and stuff, but now I'm actually able to lift. So, and then when you're at the gym, even though you're not like right next to each other, it's cool to be like around, you know, society, other people and stuff instead of locked in by yourself. So yeah. So yeah, everything's good about it. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. And I'm glad you're back. It was, it's awesome to, I mean, we got to see each other in videos and stuff, but it was nice to actually physically see you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, you know, what we were talking about, and hopefully we can get some listeners to ask questions or anything, um, was just the summertime eating in the gardens and the farmer's markets. So, um, Paul, and you can let us know what you got going on in Portsmouth, if you know of any. But in Bristol, we have that Mount Hope one, and that's from 9 to 1230, I believe, on Saturdays. Yeah, um, yeah it used to be 1. I think it's 12 or 1230 now. So, And there's one in Warren at Hope in Maine. So the one I went to was Wednesday night, and it was um, from 4 to 7. It was awesome. And they had um, all kinds of local stuff, some fresh vegetables. And then in the back, they had a, um, a ja- like a jazz band. And they were kids, oh, like wow. young guys. <laughs> oh, they were so cute. And like they were young guys. And they were really good. Like if you walked in with your eyes closed, you would have thought there was like some old man jazz going on. Like it was really <laughs> good. And I look at them, I'm like, these kids can't be older than like 14 or 15. And they were having such a good time. And then there was a little cocktail truck. Not that I'm uh, <laughs> promoting alcohol drinking, but it is the summer. It was just a cool little experience. And like shopping local, buying local. And, you know, I, I got to do my a big raised bed during COVID. And I got to tell you, I did, um, I'll throw out a recipe. I did a squash and zucchini zoodles. So, you know, that you can get a zoodler. You can get the handheld one. Joblot has them for 20 bucks. So you can order mm. like a zoodler online. So you make the squash and zucchini noodles. Yeah. And uh, we grilled some chicken. And I did pet, like, you know, you get walnuts are cheaper than pine nuts. But you get olive oil and um, fresh basil. So it's like all fresh stuff. And if you want to add kale or spinach, you can. Mm. All from the garden. And it feels, you know, of course, I'm totally geeky about this stuff. But it feels different to eat your own food, food that you grew you know, food or food that someone, maybe not someone you know personally, but someone you get to see who actually grew it. So I'm going over and, hey, this this might be, you know, Jane so-and-so or, you know, whatever. Some You meet these pe- these people and they're like, oh, yeah, this is my, my garden, my food. You're buying something, you know, some local, off-local soil made. It's yeah. just a nice feeling. It, and it feels great. It tastes, it tastes better, especially if you grow your own. So... I mean, that's a super easy recipe. Everyone, you know, basil's the big thing now. It's it's in season. Mm-hmm. Squash and zucchini. And mine's going crazy. If you remind me, I'll bring you some Friday. Okay. And um, it's just, it's it's really awesome to eat like that. And that's just one recipe. So you do the walnuts. Um, unfortunately, I'm, not unfortunately, but I'm, I'm half Italian. And um, <laughs> I grew up eating with people who didn't measure stuff. So 
when people are like, oh, can you give me the recipe? I'm like, I can tell you what's in it. Um, <laughs> I do measure the walnuts. It's about a quarter cup. Uh-huh. But I do it in the palm of my hand. So, yeah. pa- like, in the palm of my hand. But I do just a bunch of olive oil, a bunch of garlic, and a bunch of pesto and just throw it in a blender. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and you, it's kind of t- with some salt and pepper. It's a kind of to taste recipe. And I grew up eating food like that. Like, I grew up cooking, learning how to cook with kind of like throwing it together. You know, and so it's hard to give that particular recipe, but kind of just what I said. You throw it in, and you you'll kind of do it on your own and figure it out. But you you do you saute the squash and the zucchini noodles, grill some chicken. It's unbelievable. That's actually what my lunch is. That's oh. why I'm bringing it up because I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and then what would you say with the 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 oil and stuff? You you blend. Was it like a dressing or something that? No, so it's a pesto sauce. Okay. And it, it, the great thing about it is it doesn't really – it's not something that – sometimes I've made pesto cream sauce, which is really yummy too. But mm. you just throw olive oil in a blender yeah. first because the olive oil, the consistency is liquid. Then I do the nuts and the um, – you throw garlic cloves in there. About a quarter – I will tell you, about a quarter cup of walnuts or pine nuts. But mm-hmm. pine nuts are super expensive. So if you're going on the cheap side, mm. walnuts um, – And then I do basil. So you want to get a nice – so I'm trying to think of a good way to measure the basil I use. I would say like a nice – like if you wrapped your hand around like a little bit of it, you get a nice handful of basil. Yeah. And you'll see kind of what – it should be thick. So, But it'll cook down and it'll it'll liquefy. So it comes out really thick and you got to like spatula it out of your blender. But Mm. I'm telling you, it is – and it's it's fresh. It tastes the basil is so fresh. You just cook it all up. It's super fast and easy. If you have grilled chicken available, the squash and zucchini noodles literally cook in like three to five minutes in, on a stovetop. You know, and if you have kale or spinach or anything in your garden, you want to chop up and add it, and that always tastes good too, like with it. But it's such an easy recipe, and you know, I um, hopefully if you guys are, who are listening are really into, tell me what you have for vegetables in your garden. If you want to do like a little, uh, you know basically hey this is the things i'm growing what can i make with this i'm really good at whipping stuff up from the garden Uh so if i get your questions um i'll look it up i'll give you a shout out and say hey look you can do x y and z with this food from your garden and it tastes you know the fact that you grew or you bought from a farmer's market local it's just there's something about the taste that's just so much better you know oh yeah you can tell the difference yeah no chemicals or anything (laughs) No, like and there's yeah. like love into it, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's not to be like. I mean, you already know I'm I'm like total half hippie, so <laughs> I I I literally like. I, there's just um, it, there's something to be said about like the energy and the effort that goes into the food, either growing it, you know, or buying it off someone who you know put effort and love into. It. Like I this is this is the best year of my garden. Like Paul, you'll have to come by. Like this garden looks better than any other garden I did. <laughs> And I'm so, and actually Cindy's like, we, we have garden dates. It's really cute. She's like, we have a garden date and we just go walk around the garden and see what's new and what's growing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really a satisfying thing. Like it makes me feel really good that I put this much energy into like, it was $20 worth of like plants and vegetables. You know, I had some yeah. seeds too, but, and for the amount of food I have for the amount of money I spent, I'm like, I can't, one, one week squash and zucchini alone. I fed my like neighborhood. I fed <laughs> The lady across the street, the two ladies next to me, and the lady next to me on this side, plus some friends. Like, I can't stop the squash and zucchini. So, you know, if you have anything in your garden that you um, want to 
recipe for that you're like, oh, I'm bored with this or, you know, because some people, we all stick to the same things that we either grew up eating or whatever. So it's nice to get, if you, you know, there's any different culture um, that you like to try food in or anything like that. It's nice to have a different kind of recipe or just anybody like I'll, I can have somebody cook something similar to what I would cook, but it's just their touch that made it better, you know, because I didn't cook it. They did. So, yes, definitely um, reach out to us and we can do some, I'll do some whipping up recipes. And I'm sure Paul's going to be like, all right, start writing them down. And give me them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. it's definitely, um, that'll be something great if people reach out. And I'll throw that on my social media too, see if anybody, because I bet yeah. you that's going to be easier than asking for like gratitude lists. That was like pulling yeah. fucking hair out of the wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you grateful but, for? No one wants. It's like we had to literally like text our friends. Can you please do something for our podcast? <laughs> yeah, but I know like a lot of people are doing gardens this year, especially this year. We've got don't have much to do, so I've been seeing a lot of people posting about gardens and stuff. So that's a good idea. And then, um, yeah, sometimes it's like um, companies that that you get um, like the packages of vegetables from. And you get get some weird stuff that you never heard of. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I did Misfits to... Market for a while during COVID, and there was a couple things I'm like, "What is this thing?" <laughs> or like, I didn't know how many varieties of ma- I love mango. I didn't know how many varieties of mango there were, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. "What is this? It's mango? Another kind of mango?" And Cindy doesn't like mango, so selfishly enough, I was really happy she doesn't like mango because I love mango, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I get more mango! It's a different <laughs> kind of mango, you know." And I, it was like, "You're right. You get things, and you you don't have." So I mean, if you've never done anything with that food, it's definitely an interesting. Uh, I mean, and honestly, if anyone reaches out and there's a food I haven't heard of. I'll look it up and I'll figure out what tastes good with it. Because yep. garlic tastes good with everybody, people. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with... I literally eat garlic with my eggs. Like, I mean, I eat garlic in everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, you smell my food <laughs> yeah. in the morning at work. <laughs> yeah, I like putting garlic I mean, garlic's everything. Yeah. Garlic is life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's uh, why I, I was single for such a long time. <laughs> I eat so much garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe that's my problem. Uh. <laughs> Paul, we'll find you somebody. You never know. Maybe we'll find you love through the podcast. Yeah. Find a fellow runner. <laughs> so with, um, right. how are you doing? So what are you reading with school? I'll, I'll share. I just finished a book I'm passing along to my friend. But what are you doing with school now? Because I know you can't really leisure read right now. So yeah, not what too book much, are yeah. you doing? Now, right now with the class, um, I'm doing, we have to... Um, it, it's like the study of words and stuff. So we had to pick three works by one author. So I picked Mark Twain because, um, yeah, he was always one of my favorite writers. And um, there's like a lot of good examples with his works and stuff. So um, I'm reading the, well, I already read it a few times, The Jumping Frog of Cal- oh, Calaveras County, um, Huckleberry Finn, and What is Man? which a lot of people might not have heard of. It's like an essay he wrote when he was um, older and cantankerous and stuff, so it's not one of his, like, funny things. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So, You're going to put it in show notes, right? Yep, yep, yep. But um, other than, you know, the books, I do have, like, a few podcasts, especially with um, dealing with, like, social 
Justice and stuff like that that are really good that I discovered. Um, see, one is called Higher Learning. I'll read the description. It says, join Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay as they dissect the biggest topics in black culture, politics, and sports. Two times a week, they'll wade into the most important and timely conversations, frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. So, I mean, it's not like they're like um, yelling or preaching down, but you, you get like a different point of view that you might not yeah, be familiar with. Um, another one is called Code Switch. I think it's uh, it says that it's like with NPR, so I don't know if it's on if they play on NPR radio as well or if it's just a strictly a podcast. But um, Code Switch is fearless conversations about race that you've been waiting for, hosted by journalists of color. Are, their podcast tackles the subject of race head on. Uh, they explore how it impacts every part of society, from politics to pop culture to history, sports, and everything in between. This podcast makes all of us part of the conversation because we are all part of the story. So again, it's not like preaching, you know, against right. against whitey or anything. It's really interesting. And then there's another. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and I mean, let's like we we're both white, so and we we've talked about this before. We're never gonna know what the struggles are of our black friends and we both have black friends i mean mm-hmm. we had Rhodes on the show and he's a close personal friend i mean we've been through tons of stuff together um and it's easy to talk to him about uncomfortable things because like you know there's things i just would never know and never understand and try to be trying to be empathetic and learning but um i'll just just because this is a segue into it um i just read so um you want to talk about race and I apologize if I don't say her name correctly. I believe it's Ijeoma Olu, and it's awesome. And it really, you know, and there's some uncomfortable stuff because you're like, oh, shit, like, I didn't know this. or I, I, And I think some of it for me was uncomfortable because I have friends that I didn't realize that some of this, like, they struggled with this. And I felt like, what the fuck? Like, what can I do? And, and it's funny because when I'm thinking these things or, like, you know, it's like she segues into it in her book. Like, here's the things you can do. Here's, you know, it just, it was a lot of it. It's hard to read and think like the people I love and care about go through this. And like, it, it's, it frustrates you. And it also brings out it into light, like some of our own, like, you know, built in racism. And we didn't even, you know, we don't even know, like you think things about certain cultures or something like, Oh, you know, this person's from like, Oh, you don't have, cause we live in, um, Bristol or Warren or around there. And, you know, you have Roger Williams, you have the college. It's like, oh, you know, oh, this person's from the Middle East. Well, their parents will pay for their apartment anyway. Like, just like that, the things you get in, stuck in your head that you think about and you're like, crap, like I've thought something like this. Or, and it's, it doesn't make you an awful person if you literally were born not to know. Like, you, you're born into this society that's a white supremacist society. And she explains that. And people, one of the things I like that she says in this book is like, when people get really uncomfortable about talking about it it's because you're you're making them feel a certain way and you know there was things in there that i read and i was like i would have never even thought about that like how these people literally have to go through life thinking this and i'm like this is just like it there's you know i thought and i i you know i am not naive to the fact that i don't know nearly the struggle of even my friends that i can talk to uncomfortably i'll never know but there were things that i didn't know at all and i i wouldn't even thought to ask because it didn't didn't dawn on me and it you know 
it's uh, it's heartbreaking it's educational it brings out any of the biases that you have on things that you didn't even know and it's it, it's it makes you uncomfortable in some sometimes because you're like whoa like maybe this or maybe that like crap like you know we we literally have a society that I, there was it's and it's a fast read and you know me my ADD like I am not a fast reader it's like about it's a little under 300 pages so it's like 240 240 maybe and um I uh, for me I blasted through this book it was it, it was it made me hungry for information and it made me hungry to learn you know and it, it helps you have conversations with other people other white people who are in denial of, of any of this or, and there was some history about black people that I didn't know. And, you know, I, I wouldn't, we don't learn it in school and it, it helps you. She puts in, it's a really well, well written piece. She's a really awesome writer. I mean, honestly, not that I'd ever be able to be a book critic, but it, I, I will tell you, I have a really short attention span and it's hard for me to stick with something unless someone's a good writer. And she kept me, it, it almost was like, you're reading it and you're like, well, you know, how do I talk to somebody about this? And then boom, like within like three or four pages, it's like, this is how you talk to people about this. This is how you hold a conversation. These are the things. And it really educated me on to be better, mm -hmm. and, you know, to be better for our society, to my black friends, to our black friends. Like it just, it really, it, it was really awesome. And, you know, it just, and I'm passing it to one of my other friends so she can read it and I'll pass it to you. Like, you know, it's it's a really great book, and I think a lot of the you know the thing that upsets me the most is a lot of the people. We all need to read this book, trust me. But a lot of people who really, really need to read this book won't. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, there's people out there who really need to, and it might make people, you know, it might make people really uncomfortable. I liked being uncomfortable because I need to get out of comfort zone with things like, and I need to understand what people I really love and care about are going through on a deeper level that I can't ever feel, but I can try to you know, have empathy about, and it was good, and Cindy's got, um, so she's not as much of a reader as me, but she's got me watching um, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, it's really good, and he's great, he's gorgeous too, he's not bad to look at at all, <laughs> like, you know, when they, well, you know, when there's somebody, like, let's say when you're watching TV and there's a really attractive person, it's a yeah. lot easier to be engaged, because you're like, wow, they're hot, this is, you know, it's like having a, it's like having a hot teacher in school, it's a, you like the, right away, I mean, let's face it, and he's, and he's very sweet, like, he's got, he's got a really good demeanor and it's but I watched one episode and I was bawling like it was he had um a family a white family I won't get too much into it take too much time but he had a white family who had one um biological white child and then they had adopted um three one two black children from Haiti and one biracial child and um they you know and uh, you know again I won't take too much of the time on it but one of the questions, you know, he asked, like, oh, what made you adopt, adopt these kids? And basically they were like, we just wanted kids. And they were like, these children need a home. Are you willing to take it? And then they go through the struggles and they ask the children the questions. And I was bawling. I could not, like, I couldn't keep my, my – I was just crying a lot. And, and, you know, some of it was, like, really sweet. And some of it was, like, I couldn't – I dude, this little girl started crying. I was losing my shit. It's just having – but listening to children, this is really what gets you on this. Listening to children talk about their fears, like about because they're black, like this children, like no one should go through this. But when kids are like, they're just, I don't know. It, it really like, it rips me apart. It makes me angry that they have to grow up feeling this way. And, you know, and then it goes back to this book. Like she says, these are things you can do. Like you don't have to feel, you know, I'm not the president and I'm not anybody who's, in any kind of power, but what I can do is 
do local things or, you know, make sure I'm supporting black owned businesses. And we have, we have some in Providence and I can actually, um, send you a link and it, you can put it in the show notes. Um, it's basically like finding the black owned businesses Providence. And there's one called troop, which I've been wanting to try for a long time anyway. And it's a bonus that I was like, Oh good. I can support a black owned business. It's a restaurant in Providence that I heard is awesome. Okay. And I, I think I saw online they do do outdoor seating. So if you're, I'm a person who's trying to eat only outdoors during COVID, but it's a great way to, you know, it's a way to help support, you know, people we care about. And that's, it, it's just, this is a time where I think as crazy and like, like wild things in the country are happening and we're in a pandemic. And this is the time where it really is, this is crucial that we, even if they're small steps and we don't think we're making a huge difference. Like it's like when I was a kid and we got taught about littering, like if one pe person throws out a piece of litter, yeah, it's only a piece of litter. But if a thousand people throw out a piece of litter, that's it. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like that. Like maybe you think like your, your little thing isn't going to be enough to make an impact. But if 10 of us make that small step, it's going to be an impact. And then if 50 of us make, or we, you know, if we're setting examples for our peers and you know, I, I'm a personal trainer. I have a, a a little bit of a platform. We do a podcast. This is this is your podcast. You do a few of them. I mean, we have a, a little bit of a platform where even if we're only making small suggestions, small dents, small anything, it's going to help a movement and it's going to help things. We need to right the wrongs of our history in this country. And, you know, it, I think just by talking more about it and acknowledging that there are wrongs and things need to be done about this, it's going to really make a change. Yeah, because people don't know what they don't know. So um, I don't know how how can you help if you don't know <laughs> what's going on? Right, I, right. And we're all human beings, you know, going through this. No matter right. what color you are or anything, we need to like you know get rid of that stigma of color of um, you know gender and everything. So right, it's it's so true. And I mean, I think you know, and. and the whole thing is that there's always room to grow. There's always room to learn. I mean, I definitely think I'm, I try to be a pretty open-minded person, but I'm, when someone corrects me or anything like that, I'm not like, Oh no, I'm right. Like, no, like I am not, you know, there's, there's always room to learn. There's always going to be someone who can educate you on something you didn't know. And if you keep your mind open, it's easier to absorb the information. And then you find new information that you weren't even looking for that just pop, like things pop up that you see, or you're more aware of something because you were taught, you know, I've, I've seen some things since I've read this book and I was like, Holy shit. Like my eyes were opened and it was people who didn't even know they were doing what they were doing just yeah. by a comment. And it was very, very subtle. And they didn't even realize how they sounded. And I might not have caught it as a white person until I was like, fuck, I just read about this. Like, and it was that, and then I was like, this is way more of a problem than I even realized. And I knew it was a problem. Like, so if I'm thinking this way, just from reading one book, what can, you know, what if I read five more books like this from mm. other people's experiences and like, you know, and that's where it, it becomes, it becomes a, a, a hunger to learn and to right some wrongs and to try and help change. Like, I don't want children, but my best friends have kids. And to me, they're like nieces and nephews. Like, I don't want my nieces and nephews growing up you know in in a society like that where these things are still happening like they need to grow up in and hopefully they're going to help us like make changes too because they're the ones who are coming up next and yep. any child shouldn't feel this way 
because they're a color somebody they love or anything like this. Like this needs to really be, this isn't something either. Like when I was reading the rest of it today, like I was like, I need to do something mm-hmm. like something. And it's funny. We're talking about it on the podcast. I'm like, I need to do something today. That's going to matter. Even if it's small. And I mean, we're doing it now. We're talking about it. We're having a conversation. We're sharing podcasts, TV shows, books because not everybody likes to read not everybody watches tv and yeah. not everybody listens to podcasts so we literally gave you something from every angle yep. if you're yeah if you're willing to learn here's your opportunity and if you're sitting home going you know it's COVID 19 where can i go what can i do i'm afraid to go to a protest or you know there's there's nothing i feel i can do you can listen you can learn and you can share your experiences i mean that's what we can do in a quarantine situation in a COVID. you know yep break this um, cycle well pull it sounded like you had a race car going by your house yeah yeah <laughs> i live on a main road it was probably like a truck or something <laughs> i know he's like whoa so yeah i mean it was and hopefully um you know on that note you guys will take some of that and um on our nutrition note send us some requests for recipes if you have any veggies in your garden um or anything nutrition or fitness if you guys want to talk about running um, what we can do in the summer to exercise if you don't want to go to a gym. So, yep. Right, so you want to tell people um, how they can contact you? Yeah. So I am at Ajoy Lifestyle on Instagram. Um, I'm a closed account right now, but I, I think I'm going to open it back up just so I can get more people engaged and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. If you do want to follow me and I'm not open yet, just hit the follow thingy or request it, whatever it is, and I'll. I sound like a friggin' a boomer. Just <laughs> hit the requesty, the following. <laughs> Sorry for all you boomers listening. No, no, uh, no offense. My mom actually knows how to use Facebook better than I do. So, um, or on Facebook, I'm just my name, Adriana Ferns. Um, and just friend me. I have some workout videos on both. Um, my Instagram was more of a work one, but now it's starting to become a little of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my new Instagram. So it's not super loaded with pictures, but I like to take pictures of my cats. <laughs> so you'll see them on there. Um, yeah. And my Facebook, as soon as I can start doing more videos when I feel better too, I'll do some new ones. But, um, for now I have plenty of videos all during COVID. I've got about two months worth of yoga and workout videos. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. And then you can find me, um, on Instagram and, um, Twitter under, um, the road runner. That's R H O D E. Yeah, I've been, um, as Adriana mentioned, like I, when I go on my runs, I take pictures. Like I always end up like finishing with a selfie of myself and then I take pictures along my run. Even if I run the same route, like a few times a month, it's, it always seems different. <laughs> Cause I'm and a, ladies, Paul takes nice selfies. Just <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you take nice selfies. I'm like, I, I don't understand how everyone's so good at the selfie thing, man. I look, I always have my crinkles forehead because I'm like <laughs> looking at myself. I'm like, what's happening here? I look at you. I'm like, this guy's like a selfie natural here. <laughs> yeah, I was never <laughs> like that before. But then um, I, I I noticed like when I decided to try it and it was like inspiring people to get out there and everything. It got so, more, so, yeah, it got more natural. I can tell you yeah. really do well. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then I also have um, the Roadrunner facebook page and um you can email me at the roadrunner1 that's the number one at gmail.com so you can contact us at any of those places if you have any questions you want to talk about food exercise what clothes you wear when you're um exercising oh what kind of shoes do you wear i i have my yeah absolutely i'm 
like in my hokus. I think I'm due to get some more now that I've been putting miles on. So my uh, running shoe is either a Saucony or a New Balance. They're definitely my two faves. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So awesome. That... Yeah. So hit us up with some questions, and we'll uh, check you guys next week. Yep. Definitely. Okay, everybody. Until the next time, we'll see you out on the road. Later. Later.